to Pretty Pears podcast where we celebrate uninhibited brown women. This is Ankita. I'm Nalini and we are recording our season on my mother said. We have Nalini today sharing what her mother said. So Nalini, can you kick us off? Tell us what did your mother say? She has so many punchlines every day, but uh, I think the ones that I want to talk about today is don't leave Google and don't leave that boy and then don't leave that other boy and don't leave that other job basically everything about stability and maintaining status quo that's what my mother has always been saying for a long time doesn't sound something very unique but before we delve to what she said and the impact of everything else can you help paint the picture of what your mother is like tell us a little bit more she's your typical army wife in many ways and atypical in a lot of ways she grew up in the state of bihar in india which was very tumultuous when she was growing up her childhood was a just like our childhood like moving from place to place because my grandfather was in the police so she did not stay in any place for more than one or two uh, years and then then she got married to someone who was also in a similar job even more intense like she wasn't just moving uh, different cities in a state but she was moving all over the country every year and a half or two so she did not have much stability while growing up in that sense and she grew up in a household of five children she was the second child out of five children you know how it is in in big families in india so that's pretty much what what she was like when she was growing up what was she like when you were growing up the strictest mother you can ever imagine I'm the elder kid in the family and i was beaten up bashed and she's not shy about it when she talks to people i and i had really long hair when i was young so every time she combed my hair i would get beaten up by the comb that's that was just one of her many many equipments and weapons like i was very much into guns and like these kind of uh, childhood toys and she would throw those things at me to first like it was a two level attack right like she would throw things at me to hit me and to break those things so it was yeah it, but i mean she was she was doing the best she could she you know my dad was in the infantry she he was always he was not around a, for a long time and she was handling two children while herself being in the 20s probably explains why she was distressed my experience is very different like growing up again dad was away a lot of times but my mom whenever she used to come to hit me i used to like literally run around the table trying to avoid her and she would chase me and then after a while she would be like okay this is the most stupid thing i've ever done literally imagine trying to hit a child and the child is running and then you're like okay now i need to run behind the kid to be able to hit her and then she'd be like forget it so i think i got away from a lot of beatings but when you think back to your childhood What's the first sign of seeking stability that your mom inculcated in you? Having a stable set of friends. I think that's you you know me like how I'm, you know, I get bored very easily and I need variety and I need a, a you know I don't I need diff, very many different people in my life to I always needed that to have to play different roles in my life like I would have a study friend but I would still have a sports friend and I would have a friend that I would play to- dolls with and they would not be the same people ever but she always like every time I fought with someone and I fought with people a lot she would tell me like give me long uh, lectures now 
I used to think of them as lectures for sure. That like, why am I fighting with someone? Like, I should be if I'm friends with someone once, I should be with someone like throughout at least for the two years that we were in that city. She did not want me brushing people off the wrong way. Or I think this is my first memory of stability as early as three or four years old. And what's the biggest? impact this conditioning has had on you because one of the things that I've realized so I think of my mom as my first prickly fear right like she always pushed me to do things that were not conventional and in fact she pushed me to well everyone for example in school went into after 10th when you have to choose your majors kind of thing everyone gravitated towards science like it was a pecking order like science was the best then you had commerce and arts and she would be like you should go in arts. And I was like, they don't make any money. And she's like, yeah, but I think like you're suited for that. However, I got a lot of environmental cues for stability, right? And for you, I think it was the environment and your mom. It was all seamless. What is the biggest impact it's had on you? Like if you were to say, because of everything she said, here's one decision I made, which I shouldn't have, because I, obviously I leaned towards stability versus adventure. So like there were a lot of points as we were discussing before which where i tried to rebel but it gets it gets hard right there is it is somewhere in the back of your mind when you despite my, my parents always pushing me to do things that i liked there was always that one layer of you know but if there are two options that you like go for the one that's more stable and the one thing that my which was very important to my mom while growing up and what what she really put into both of her daughters was that you should be financially independent in the sense that you should earn your own money but then as i was growing up the message became more about financial independence for stability but then when we were finally like at least i was in a job and when i wanted to quit my job to do an mba she and i was working at google it's very few people get their first job as google which could also be golden shackles for many of them so many people just stay there throughout their life until you get laid off just like people are uh, doing now it's it's a funny story how i came back at google after 10 years but then back then when i wanted to leave my first job in 3 years and take a 25 lakh rupee loan to go to an mba my mom was obviously she said don't leave google like what will you gain extra that you're not gaining from being at google and doing different jobs and all of that so somehow i like i pushed and i pushed and i found a middle way so there was there were people at my work who were from really top business schools i did not have that much like i was an engineer with no background in management or uh, business there were people who spot talent early on at google and some of our senior people kept telling me that i should go to the us for my mba i should go to harvard I, and they would write me a recommendation they can get sundar to write it. sundar was not the senior 15 years back so like um, they would get sundar for context that's sundar pichai 15 years back and manik gupta like the the people that we used to work with like few levels up so they said that they would get these people to write me a recommendation and i can apply to harvard but of course that was a, because harvard was like way more expensive than the indian business school i got through which was isb yeah i went to isb that was one thing where all stability you will be in india you can still like at that point we had never thought about moving me moving out of india 
so i chose the first point was maybe my trajectory could have been really different but i chose the comfortable option at that even though it was uncomfortable in its own way like i was quitting a high paying job and losing like lots of money and shares unvested shares to go do my mba but i did not do the more expensive top mba i i did an indian mba which seemed like i had to convince my parents that i can i can always come back to google if i go to isb you know like my manager i literally made my manager speak to my parents to casually to say like yeah she's always welcome and that's when they were convinced okay fine i can leave google and then i took a loan that was the first time should i tell the other story about yes but i was surprised and it's not just you it's me too like the lens we go to to make our parents feel comfortable about the decisions we are going to make that impact our life but yeah go on share your second story i think by the way what you said that's what makes me a sales person at the end of the day i think i learned sales from convincing my parents to do things i wanted to do so it's it's just such an indian thing i feel or like su- such a south asian thing to do but okay so cut to my story where i was i finally got to do what i really wanted i was in a business school and i was preparing all year so when i was at google i would see these fancy product managers launch and sundar pichai was a product manager at that point also he was the pm for chrome and i once saw him and a bunch of other pms launch products on a stage where i was just part of the event and they would show us product demos which became my dream like i and you know i love being on stage so this part about being technical being on stage doing products it really drove me towards the mba and then once i was in the mba i spent all year joining the technology club like talking to all possible alumni that would come that were pms and it was really intense my need to become a pm when everyone else wanted to become either a banker or a consultant in isb I really wanted to become a PM. I applied to all PM jobs and one other job. At the end when day one placements were happening, I was in final rounds of many PM jobs. There was a PM job at Microsoft and there was a sales job at Microsoft and many other PM jobs in other companies. They decided that I should go ahead with the sales profile for the interviews. They didn't didn't even let me interview for the PM job at Microsoft and the rest of them. at the end of all of this i had two jobs and it's you've been to business school you know how stressful it is right on the at 11 pm or something in the night when you have your offers you need to decide within that hour which one you're going to take and my other offer was this product manager job at practo no one really had heard of practo back then and shashank the founder was interviewing and he really wanted me they really thought i fit the bill and then there was microsoft the big fancy executives came and left and you know like they they gave me an offer practo was the more high pay the higher paying job actually no it was lower but then they wanted to match my microsoft offer so my microsoft offer was something they wanted to match it they really wanted me they were standing outside the room that i had to go and sign i said give me a minute i will just call my parents i took 2 minutes it took 2 minutes for my parents to convince me to join a stable company rather than a startup that i hadn't heard of and i mean like i went into sales and things happened but if i look back today my dream and uh, i keep working on all these side projects and my dream is to build a product till 
This is the one time I gave in. Are you a product manager now? No. Is it still your dream to be one? Not a product manager anymore. Like I've realized that I'm really good at business, which I won't have realized according to my parents if I had become a product manager. So I love business. I love what I do, but I want to be the thing that attracted me about PM back then was to be the CEO of your own product. And then like when I obviously experienced more, I realized that you can be CEO in many different ways. So my dream was, I guess, to always be a CEO, which I will figure out how to get to. But but yeah, like my passion is still building products, which I'm which I try to like let out in many different ways. So let's rewind to when you were applying for roles in ISV. What led you to apply for the Microsoft role? It was a leadership. They like packaged it as a sales and marketing leadership program where you would do different things in a year. And how I told you, I love variety. So like this seemed like a good opportunity. You do four roles in two years. But nobody told me that those four roles will all be in like sales and partnerships and like basically nothing to do with product. Do you regret that decision? Yes, I do. Like I love what I do now, but I definitely know that if left to me, I would have chosen something else. Because, you know, the beauty about business school is that you can always track what happened to people. So the person who got the job when I said no, the other job at Practo, he's a he's a close friend. So he got to go to launch Practo in three different countries, Brazil, Mexico, Netherlands, and he launched a company all by himself in three different and um, he is super skilled i'm not saying that he he wasn't and but then i'm very jealous even today thinking about because those are the things i love like traveling going to new places figuring shit out on the fly like it could have been a different life this decision how many years ago did you make this this was in 2015 so like eight years ago between 2015 to now did you ever use this as a quote to your mom saying because of you this happened now i'm not going to choose stability but experiment no i don't think we've talked about this at all (laughs) are there other situations where you think you chose stability i know you mentioned right at the start amongst her punchlines was picking a stable boy yeah i mean while growing up you know and this happens to it it might not be news to many of our listeners that these days it's okay for the woman to work and and my mom like always wanted me to be different that way like she just didn't want me to work but like earn a lot or like be totally self-dependent and stuff but when i was growing up and like when i grew up and then I was dating and I would and I've always been very open with my parents on whoever I'm dating. It doesn't have to lead to marriage. But every person I was dating, they would like as long as the person was more intelligent, like that's what you when you're like young, that's what they then you are not earning money, then your intelligence is your future uh, earning potential. So as long as they were more intelligent or scoring more than me or like, um, and you know, like who I dated in undergrad as well, like it, the university topper, the college topper, like as long as uh, the person is that, it doesn't matter what the rest of the stuff that they do in life is like that person is good enough for me. And where I started rebelling, I think like at some point was, I felt like everybody was good enough for them. But like, there were a few things that they would, which is also weird, like look, 
looks was never a criteria for me but like for them i deserved a good looking boy or so like good looking so at one point i was only dating bolder older looking men uh, who would like really not who i knew i had no future with i dated someone who was 5 years younger to me at one point because i knew that it wouldn't i don't know what it was like whether i was doing to rebel against them or just to prove that i'm going to try different things but i was telling myself that i will try different things and that's what i'm doing trying different things and i was very clear with people that there might not be a future but then even then i could never get myself to date an artist or like even think more about a person who is not earning as much as me or like i would never yeah even even the person younger to me was earning more than me which is at some point in the back of my mind i think that that always stayed that that rule the filter so if i was to join the dots i would call that the search for financial stability more than you know a stable partner at least in your head and how you interpreted it you have a partner now and you are single income household with two folks in it how did your mom react to that as expected like <laughs> she was not very supportive of the fact that my partner wanted to leave his very high paying job and just to when the whole world was getting laid off he wanted to lay himself off and just leave his job and do something on his own which has been on his mind for a while and neither his parents nor my parents were very on board but just having learned from my own experience for a long time and now i was very sure that of course for that financial stability thing doesn't go away like i made sure that we were planning how like how long can we survive like this how long like does our lifestyle have to change and then we eventually realized that actually our lifestyle is pretty modest it doesn't really need to be two of us to be earning like good salaries which was which was a great insight we never really thought about it so once we that financial stability part was established i was very sure that you know i wanted to support him in every way that i can without a time limit sometimes people put time limits on things that okay in one year if my startup doesn't work or in two or three years and his kind of business is not something where he would raise funds or something it has to be uh, bootstrapped throughout so we were very clear and again i me being the salesperson of the two of us i convinced his parents and my parents by uh, laying out a whole plan of what we would do and i don't know if they're still on board but i made sure that we don't do the same mistakes that i've done again so hopefully trying to change things around now that's the perfect rebellion you relook at your own conditioning and then like you didn't let it stop supporting someone else's dreams and a lot of it resonates with me because i cannot imagine not being financially stable myself like i would have a like i would panic i don't think i would have the courage to like unless i knew everything was fine like i don't think i'm going to leave my organization without a backup plan so nalini if we had to give our listeners one big takeaway based on everything that you've learned through your experience and what your mom said and your acts of rebellion what would you want to share something that people can learn from my mistakes like don't care. i know it's easier said than done but don't put your parents approval or the society's approval on 
a pedestal which is higher than your own purpose and your needs and your you know if you for a while the approval would would look good on you for you to you but beyond that like beyond after some time passes that if that nagging feeling still exists within you which like after 8 years i'm still talking about that product manager job that i did not take i think something will be missing in your life and i've seen that the things that i did not do because of these pushes from from the society and and the parents i still regret them so like as cliche as it may sound don't have regret try it do it your mistakes are your own to own right and uh, yeah and i think when we started thinking about the episode we were, or the season we said what are things that our moms said to us that we would probably not repeat to our own daughters to someone else's daughter or any women what would you wish your mom would have said differently and i ask this because it's very likely that i advocate for stability to people i speak to because I, i'm recognizing a part of myself in your mom because like either it's my own way of thinking or it's been built into me by the environment definitely not my mom because she's always asking me to quit my job like i'm thinking about myself and i'm saying what what would i say differently or what would the person i'm saying it to want me to say instead i mean it's almost next to impossible that someone would say this but i'm still going to put out the you know the dream out there how they teach you an mba hedge your bets right hedge your bets is something i wish i had heard sooner from my mom from dad from like anybody who had we come from services background so like this hedging bets is a very business thing to do which our parents never learned and in my three generations of my family everyone's in the defense forces and i don't think there you hedge as much so i wish my mom had said hedge your bets what i'm doing now i am in a job and i'm helping my partner we are hedging our bets the way like if i had taken if i did not take a job out of my mba and i would wanted to do a startup that would have been like totally anti stability and and foolish but can't say foolish but again that's the uh, bias talking but then if i was getting a job that paid the same why go for a beginning right i was hedging my bets so i think hedge my hedge your bets is is my big takeaway that i love that if i have a daughter i'm going to tell her hedge your bets like as long as you're as long as you're not coming back to me and asking me to empty my bank account for you do what you want exactly get get them to invest early <laughs> in it yes we'll have we'll have an entire season where we're talking about investing hedging bets financially but on that note nalani i'm going to get us out of here thank you so much for sharing what your mom said before i say our last words of closing do you have anything you want to say no just that let's hedge awesome so on behalf of nalini and prickly pears this is ankita we are out <laughs> <laughs>